Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Digital Audio Health by Cymatrax. Welcome to the Rhonda Grant Show with your host, Rhonda Grant. If you believe that there is more to life than what you see right now and you want to find out more, listen in as her guests share their journey and their extraordinary experiences. Now, here is your host, Rhonda Grant. Welcome to the Rhonda Grant Show. Sometimes the universe has a way of placing people or obstacles in your path to help guide and direct you on your mission. Listen in as we discover the path my guest has traveled. Has she been inspired by a calling, crafted her journey, or a bit of both? I invite you to embrace a conversation and to use it to help you to recognize if this is happening in your life. Our guest today is Amy Mangara, burnt out expert. She is a four-time entrepreneur, author, speaker, burnout coach, and host of Life on My Terms podcast. She helps people all over the world live burnout free by bringing clarity, direction, and positive habits into their lives by filling the gap between where they are now and where they want to be. Amy is an avid distance runner and one of the first 2K women to compete the six world major marathons and become a six-star finisher. Amy lives in St. Petersburg, Florida with her husband, son, and French bulldog. Welcome to the Rhonda Grant Show, Amy. Ah, thanks for having me, Rhonda. I'm so excited to be here with you. Well, I'm excited to speak with you today about your journey that you've been on in your life. Let our audience know how you uh, ended up being a athlete. Um, so in my very early age of six, athletics were sort of a staple in the family. It was like, you didn't really have a choice to be an athlete. You just were because it kept me busy and busy to my family meant that I wasn't going to get in trouble and I was going to excel. And so they wanted me in sports. And so I started out playing softball that made me realize quickly that I was actually a fast uh, runner. And so I went from softball to track and field, um, back to softball. And in between all of those things, I sort of did gymnastics. Um, I have been an athlete my entire life. And so that cascaded into, you know, high school sports where I played softball, um, got some college scholarships. And then um, I made my way back into running uh, more seriously in 2017, actually uh, after a divorce. And so I've been uh, seriously uh, a distance runner since 2017, and it's taken me all over the world and allowed me to be, you know, kind of my best self, I would say. 
And did you enjoy, uh, I mean, athletes, they have to get up early, stay up late uh, because, and, and not watch television and sometimes not even get to do or even want to do uh, the things that uh, people are doing that are not spending their time being an athlete. It is a lot of dedication and a lot of sacrifice. I think we don't understand as parents sometimes even how much dedication and sacrifice it takes the little league baseball player or softball player, right? Um, because they do have to give up days when there are games. They do have to give up afternoons with friends when there are practices. And that is such a wonderful question you ask me because I think most of my life, it was so normal for me to be an athlete. And I put it in quotes because I just said that. That everyone said, Amy, what are you going to do on Friday? Well, I'm busy. I have a game. I'm an athlete. And so it just became an excuse. And I actually realized that there's such a goal chasing dopamine rush when it oh, yes. comes to even getting in games. Even when you lose, you still feel like, okay, well, we came together as a team and we did something great. And now we've learned and we get to move on to the next one. And so you're just moving on to the next one. And I think that uh, even as an adult, I always made those sacrifices willingly, but it's so funny. You asked me that question because the excuse was always just, I'm an athlete. And everyone said, oh, okay. It was like normal when you told them that. Yes. But the other thing too is, uh, you know, you, you said something important there is like Friday you had a game, but weekends probably you also had tournaments and different things that yes. you were doing. It took time away from being that normal student where you had ab absentees from school. You know, your friends start you know, realizing, okay, you're gone some of the times. But the thing is, is what they didn't realize maybe is that you had to catch up all the time. You're mm -hmm. always catching up with your studies in order to keep on top of, especially if you're a uh, scholarship athlete, which you have, you were, um, to keep your scholarship as well. And so I think that, um, you know, a lot of people don't realize uh, the toughness uh, that an athlete has to have day in, day out, it's sometimes year round. For sure. And I will add a sentiment to this in yes. that I think society views athletes a different way in that we're stronger and we are more disciplined than others, but that does leave athletes feeling like it's hard to reach out for help. And it's hard to say that they're struggling. I love that we're talking about this because I believe that my lifestyle from an early age obviously paved the way into all of my successes as an adult, but also all of my habits that led me to burning myself out as an adult. Yes. I never asked for help. Well, you know, it's a hard, it, it, it's really hard to ask for help. It's hard, first of all, to recognize that you even need the help yes. because you're used, used to being the leader, used to being the strong person, not only physically, but mentally, that mental toughness. Mm -hmm. And so sometimes it's hard to realize that things are changing a little bit and you don't realize that you might be um, not doing as well as you think that you're doing. What are some of the symptoms that could happen to a person when they start on a spiral, maybe downwards? For me, 
it was, um, there were some pretty big emotional changes that I noticed first, you know, you start to get this desperate, like stuck feeling or like, uh, the feeling like you really would like to change this cycle or do something different, but you can't because you're in a routine. And so for me, it was like that feeling of being stuck and like knowing that I had to continue down this path because I had already invested so much time. And I think that turned into a little bit of anxiety. It's where I really started to realize how anxious I was getting because I was starting to worry about all of the outcomes. I was not present ever. It was like, I was always like three days, one year, so far ahead, worrying about like, was I going to be in the best shape for this game? Was I ready for my race? Was I, and then I'm juggling all these other things life throws at you. Um, God forbid you throw in a, a grade that was bad or something like that. And you had to go home and explain it to your parents. I think there, um, as a kid, I remember one of the biggest signs I was getting ready to spiral was actually lying. Uh, because I was so afraid of disappointing my family that I thought if I kept it in my control and I told a lie, I could quickly like fix it behind the scenes, you know? So that was probably as a, in my youth, one of the biggest ways I knew I was spiraling. Cause that's just not who I am. I'm actually terrible at lying and super transparent just as an individual. But that was always my trigger to say, oh, if you're getting ready to lie, something's not right. You need to figure this out. Right. Um, mm -hmm. so yeah, I mean, I think as an adult though, we're expected to do so much as a mom, as a working person, as an at, like you layer in my athletics on top of it, but just as a mom and somebody trying to aspire to have a career, um, I always realized that my body's cry for attention was tension. So I would always get like tension headaches at three o'clock or my shoulders would always be stiff or I would always get these like migraines that were so bad. I would have to leave my computer. Those were always signs that I might be burning the candle up, candle at both ends and starting to lose control. Mm -hmm. And did you know it at the time or did you reflect back and start to notice how these types of things uh, were the beginning of the spiral sort of thing? Yeah, I, this is such a great question because as a kid, you get in trouble. You know, as a kid, you're like exposed. So for me as a kid and knowing that like I would start to get anxiety, I'd start to lie and do these things, I would always get caught. And then I would learn quickly that that wasn't the path. And my parents were like my partners, right? Yes. Once I moved into <laughs> Once I moved into being an adult and, you know, my career, um, I went from like the scarcity mindset of having this son young and having my first business and also working a second job, propelling myself into another business, right? That I was growing at the same time. It was kind of like, no, you don't recognize the signs because you're, you're thinking that this is what we're expected to do. I think where the athlete mindset comes in is like the go-getter mentality. Mm. I saw it as the next goal, the next thing. It was just what I had to do. And yeah, headaches were going to be there. I was going to feel lousy sometimes, but like you just went through and you did it. But in hindsight, I can track all of the different moments when my body was screaming for me to take a break. Mm -hmm. And when you, so when it was screaming for you to take a break, what did you do then? 
What did you do? So I have, um, I would love to share just three little instances that I actually paid more attention. The first time um, I woke up one day and just had this very strange rash all over my torso. And I was kind of like, where did this come from? And so it was very painful and I was under a ton of stress at the time, but I never correlated the two. And when I went to the doctor, I spent eight months with that doctor trying to figure out what this rash was. And never did they say, Amy, what's your stress level like? It was just like, well, we tested for scabies. We've tested for this. We've given you steroids. Nothing works. So now we're going to give you a biologic and you're going to take it. And so that was my first like big eye opener where I was like, ooh, you know, I I don't even feel well right now. So I'm going to have to look at my schedule and peel stuff back. But the problem is, and I think this happens a lot, right? Like unless you get to almost a stopping point, Mm -hmm. you just pick the bad habits back up. So I stopped for a little bit and then I kept going. The second time my body screamed, I was running the London marathon and I had a visceral reaction where my body just, I burst into tears. It was the most painful cry of my life. And it was due to avoiding all of these issues. These issues I knew I had clients that were toxic. I needed to let them go. The issues that I was working 85 hour weeks, the issue Mm -hmm. that I never got to travel without working. I was just chained to my job. And then I had all these other responsibilities. People needed me. And I ran the entire marathon hysterical. Um, Um, After that, I decided, okay, I'm going to make some changes. And I was really proud because I actually did let a few clients go, but again, got right back into a cycle. It was July of 2022 though. I was out for a run and I heard a big loud pop in my left ear and my left ear suddenly, I had sudden hearing loss in my left ear. Um, when we did the study, the research and the, the blood work after that, we saw that my inflammation, my blood cells were like four times the amount. And so that was the first time a doctor was like, what are you doing to yourself? That was unfortunately my rock bottom. And I was forced to stop. Okay. You know, so it was wild. Mm -hmm. You know, I wonder if um, other people, you you said that the first symptom was the rash on the torso and boy, uh, you, it reminded me of when I had this amazing horse. I was a dressage rider. I had this amazing horse that I sold um, because I had my son, which hit me like a ton of bricks because I thought that I'd just resume riding. Well, that was impossible. Uh-huh. I was a mom. I, yeah. I didn't have time. So I, <clears throat> I, I put her for sale and she sold. On the day she sold, I took a rash on my torso. And it almost looked like the measles or something, but it was only yes. upper. It was only on my upper, to- my torso, and so I went to the doctor, and he like, you know, he didn't know what that was. <laughs> when I reflected back, I realized it was the stress, it was the anxiety of losing uh, something that was, you know, ripped from my life that you know I needed to do in order to focus on parenthood. And that horse went on to be incredibly famous, uh, which I'm really happy for. But you know, to our listening audience, like if you are under an amount of stress and and you and and your body starts reacting, and even with your ear 
Amy as well. Um, you know, these are big um, indications uh, that we need to take a break. We need to take care of us, ourselves as women. I mean, yeah. men may have this too. I'm not quite sure. But uh, you are, um, you know, really, I, I really love that you're sharing at the depth that you're sharing because it's really hard uh, for uh, people like yourself who are athletes that are in that rhythm that you just keep going and going and going until your body just says no. And when you don't listen, then it starts having physical yeah. things that start happening to you until you, you know, until you stop. So what happened when you stopped? What did you take time for yourself? Did you learn how to take care of yourself? Yes, I am. Um, well, I immediately, I, I actually put a plan in place to sell my agency at the time. I think that was one of the biggest things I realized it just wasn't serving me anymore. And it was actually going to always be sort of a consuming piece. And so I just yes. didn't have the passion anymore. So I was working on that on the side, like, how can I, how can I sell this piece? I think sometimes when we're in the stuck feeling, it's so nice to know that there's a light at the end of the tunnel. And so that was my light at the end of the tunnel. It was like, Amy, you're not going to be stuck. With that liberation, then I did start healing myself. And I started with just who the heck am I anyway? Who am I now? I felt like years, decades had gone by. I took the role of mom at 21 and I just kept going because at first we couldn't even survive. So I had to, you know, work all this, do this extra work and take care of my son and still have time for my, my passions. But you cascade that two decades down the road and I didn't even really know what I liked anymore. So I really tried to do some work to tap back into my authentic self and doing that really exposed that a lot of the choices I was making were because I had started to conform to other people's values, other people's beliefs. Mm -hmm. um, I sort of was writing what society deemed as normal, this hustle culture ideology, right? Where we just go-getters get what they want if they just keep burning the midnight oil. And um, I realized that this was not okay. And so it, it, started, it started there. And then I started to really explore the self-care pillars and, and where was I on all these pillars? Um, my nutrition, I wasn't even eating all day and I was an athlete. So wondering why my running had suddenly just gone down the tubes while I hadn't eaten and I was under all this stress. Um, I wasn't sleeping well. So I went one by one, pillar by pillar, and I just worked on just 1% improvements, small improvements to just build back my identity. I had lost in this time. I had just sort of been away. I mean, it's so wild. It's like a fog you come out of. Um, I put a lot of boundaries in place to protect my time and energy. And all of the while I was writing my book and documenting what was working, who had I spoke to who had had similar stories. And so I believe that the product of my book was actually me trying to help myself. Oh, yes. Well, and, and it's fantastic. Uh, because, you know, what a natural thing that you did, but it's powerful, because not only did you go through this, you, you, you took the time to write what worked and what didn't work. 
And now you become the teacher. Yes. Right? Of people who need them, someone, something to throw them the rope. Yes. They need another map. And the problem, not the problem, I, I shouldn't say the word problem, but the curiosity around the whole thing is that when you're coached and coached year after year, well, day after day, week after week, month after month, the years go by, the decades go by, but you're on your own now, but nobody's coaching you in life. They're uh-huh. coaching you to be an athlete, but you're sort of almost missed out on those life skills that you need to operate in society because you know with your agency you burnt out because you were giving your agency what you were giving your sport Mm -hmm. and the more you give to people the more they just stand there and wait for you to give you give give me more and um you're such a giving person. I could see it was easy to do that. You're listening to the Rhonda Grant show right now, whose podcast has been treated with digital audio health by my sponsor, Cymatrax. And today, my guest is Amy Mangada, who is a fabulous athlete and an author. Uh, Amy, let people uh, know how they may reach out to you. Absolutely. So if you're looking just to stay up to pace on burnout conversation and tips, um, the best place to do that is going to be following me on Instagram at Project Amy, where you can keep up with videos and and different resources. You can also reach out to me at amymongeta.com, where I have my coaching information, um, access to my book, The Path to Break Free from Burnout, which is an a valuable resource for you if you are stuck, or even if you're feeling like chronic stress is now part of your life, go ahead and grab that book because it is such a valuable resource for you to start to move your life forward. Would you um, let uh, the audience know how to spell your last name so that they may um, find you easy? Yes, (laughs) absolutely. It's um, A-M-Y, last name is M-A-N-G-U-E-I-R-A. Wonderful. It's so nice having you on the show. Uh, You're dynamic. Uh, You put everything into what you're doing. And I can see how you're very successful as an athlete. Uh, Take us to the point where your life sort of made a change when you sold your agency and then started on your new path. Tell us about that. Yeah, so that that started about September of 2022. So last year. And I'd love to be as transparent as possible to the audience because, you know, when we're doing all of this work, I think in this world of instant gratification, we probably assume that like, well, I quit my job, so everything should be fine. But what we don't realize is it took us years to get to this burnout rock bottom and it's going to take a while and a lot of work. And so I started by immersing myself in my book and writing that. And I was actually testing the framework with a few Uh, contacts I had made in the consulting world just to see, is this going to work? Can I help other people too? So I was dabbling in that. 
But I will share with everybody that with this sudden hearing loss, um, I got an extreme case of health anxiety that was layered in to my life at the time of trying to heal from burnout. And what I'm, what that looks like is, is just when anything sudden like this happens, you sort of wake up every day, not really knowing like, is, is my other ear going to go today? Am I going to have anything else happen? And so I spent most of last year really working with a therapist to figure out how to cope with the, the health anxiety I was dealing with. And it's not completely, you know, taken care of, but I'm working on it. Um, so I really just decided, you know, the best way to heal for me at the time was really making sure that I had a lot of boundaries in place, that I was saying no more often, that I was protecting my time and my energy. And that really was also a moment where I was able to kind of go back to the running, which I loved, but give it my all again, which before I was like just doing enough to get by because I didn't really have enough white space in my life for running. Just like you talked about, when you became a mom, you had to give up something you loved. I was always on the brink of really needing to give up running, but I never did. And I'm sure it aided in my burnout, whereas that was a passion that gave me energy. And so I just really did spend last quarter really being like, um, down low key and, and really taking time for myself. I'll share with the listeners too, that when you are so busy for so long, it takes a lot of work to be okay slowing down. So I would have moments where I would be really good and I'd have a day where maybe I only had one meeting I'd start to panic. I'm not doing enough. I need to reach out. I need to get another role. And I had a coach, thankfully, that would say, Amy, pause. How about you fill your white space with a beach walk? How about you do a professional development course? How about you do something else, but don't go back to the old ways? So I think the beauty about being the teacher now and being the coach for other people is that I'm able to bring that self-awareness to them sooner than I had it. Uh, I'm super yes. self-aware now. And I can talk to anybody and be like, ooh, some triggers are in place. Had I had that for myself, maybe I wouldn't have reached this rock bottom, you know? Yes. And, you know, did you feel like if you only had that one meeting that day that you would lose your edge? Like if you weren't on top of things all the time, like, Oh, yes. Yes. Yep. This is where this stems back. I feel like this has been my normal MO since I was a six-year-old kid. It was just time was filled. Your checking the box of the to-dos meant you had a successful day. But yeah. what that doesn't give you fulfillment in the end to do that right all the time. But yeah, you're right. I was panicking. I was like, oh man, I'm going to, I'm, I'm going to lose all my traction and everything's going to, yeah, it was a very hard, hard thing to, to master. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's, uh, it, and it, it, you know, and even just to go to the spa and, and taking care and getting in touch with the true essence of who you are and, uh, and living from that part. I mean, you know, I, I uh, reevaluate my life often uh, because I'm a, a busy woman and I think, well, if I didn't do that part that gives me joy, what would I be doing? Like, and I can't think up anything else. And if I did, it would be probably thinking up another 
side hustle, you know, is, because is there anything uh, that you begin your day with now that you maybe hadn't of before, where you have a practice in the morning of taking care of you before you start taking care of other people in your life? Yes. I do. And it is very like everything else in my life. I try not to skip it ever. I'm very disciplined with it. The very first thing I do before I even touch my phone is gratitude. I challenge myself every morning to find three moments of gratitude that were different. I just, I don't like repeating the same gratitude. So I really look around to say, you know, is there something about the air that's different today? Do I smell something that's different? Um, all of that. And I also really, really um, take a moment to just sit in gratitude. So I found a lot of um, solace in my life in meditation and sitting still. I think when we take the busy, the chasers of busy and all these moms out there that constantly use the phrase of like, I don't have time. What are you just, you don't really have time. So sitting still and thinking and just being focused, whether I'm just listening to a sound or I'm tapping into my intention for the day is so important. And it just really, really makes all the difference in my day. So I try to just have quiet gratitude and um, sitting in gratitude in the morning. That's something I do now a hundred percent of the time before I pick up the device and start with the minutia of the day. Right. And during this time, uh, this time that's for you, that's sacred and, it, and it's part of who you are now. Do you um, manifest uh, in your life uh, what you hope for that day? I do. I do focus on intentions. I usually, for me, knowing my, my strengths and weaknesses are goals. It's interesting to say that, but both yes. my strengths and weaknesses are goals. I have to focus on now a weekly or a monthly focus. And so it's more like, okay, this is my monthly manifestation. This is what I'm trying to bring into my life monthly. Otherwise, like everything else in my life, I think if I had a different one every single day, I would start to be just completely overwhelmed. And oh, so yes. I pick one to focus on. Um, lately, um, I've been focusing on social connection and just really trying to bring the right people into my life. As an introvert, I've always been someone who um, I have to exchange coins, my energy coins, right? When I interact with people. And so it's been something I've actually, um, when I was so busy, I never had time for relationships. And so I'm prioritizing for the last few months, bringing in the right people into my life, prioritizing relationships and just really, really reaching out and, and, and seeing, you know, if we can bring those people that I'm going to be able to help, but also will be able to help me. And so that's been my focus over the last few months. Mm -hmm. That's interesting that you said introvert. And what I um, thought was, as an athlete, you had to go inside yourself all of the time, reach down deep uh, to be the best that you could be. And you spent so many hours doing that, that what happens is you're so into that, it's really hard to then go out again 
And, and because that's introverted when you're, yes. when you're an athlete. And so it is hard to um, be sort of free and dynamic and mm -hmm. all of those things uh, because it's completely opposite to what you've trained for, for decades, right? Yeah. Yeah. And something else that in most of my sports, aside from softball, it was sort of like me, I was in charge of the destiny. I was in charge of the training. And so when you're in this mindset of like, Amy, you're, in, you're working with yourself a lot, you know, you, you just, yeah, you don't really have the the energy or that's the last thing I would do is think about how can I reach out for others? How can I connect with others? Um, and I think that, I think society too, I love that you, the way that you articulated being an introvert, because a lot of times when people find out that I identify part of my personality as an introvert, they assume I can't like talk to people and that I'm socially awkward. And that's not the case at all. Oh, not at all. Right. It's just a lot more energy. Whereas extroverts get energy from conversations. Like I have a, you know, I lose energy. So I just have to make sure that I'm balancing this out and running an agency. When I was on uh, video calls with clients for six hours mm. a day, um, I didn't give myself enough time to you know, restore my energy. And that's where I think we get even the time versus energy management mixed up because time mm. management, you might be a master at it, but not all tasks are created equal. And for an introvert tapping into multiple phone calls per week, uh, you better hope that I have some downtime to restore my energy. And that was lacking in my previous life. So I've learned a lot more about myself. Oh, yes. And, you know, you've touched on something really important is energy. And uh, it's so important for us to protect our energy and to, you know, some people will call it standing in your power. Um, but standing in your power is really not allowing uh, the person that you're talking to with um, to drain that energy from you mm -hmm. and to protect that energy. And you can actually, um, you know, just envision uh, that you are, that you have like a sphere around you that's yours and only yours and people must not cross that. Because, you know, there's a lot of people who have uh, problems that go to their friends and ask for their help or their sounding board. And, and sometimes friends can be depleting of your yes. energy and I think that, wow what a great teaching that is that you've brought that to the forefront because um, I think that uh, you know people will go through their whole life not even realizing that they have an energy field and that it's necessary that they protect themselves especially women I find Yes, I did actually include this in my book. I call it the burnout free bubble when you talk about the sphere, because it's really putting yourself in a protective bubble. And I love that you, you went into that a little bit more because I think some of this work, when we think about energy and protecting it, it's really looking for energy vampires in our lives. And ah. this can be very tough because when I was really doing my energy vampire work, I started to realize that there was there were a few people in my life that actually were making the symptoms and making my burnout even more even worse, right? Because I was oh. giving so much energy to them, and they never had any sort of 
plan to improve themselves or change. It was always the same conversations. It gets really difficult though. And those are your family members. Oh yeah. And you have to do the work to say, okay, how do I protect myself and still have a relationship? Yes. Wow. I've never heard of uh, the phrase that you just said, energy vampires. I mean, they're, they're sucking the, I just yeah. was thinking like, they're just sucking the energy <laughs> right away. You. Yeah. And did you learn a skill? Like, what did you learn um, in order to, uh, like when it's your family members to sort of find that common ground where they weren't um, affecting you the way you didn't want them to be? How did you protect yourself or change your behavior towards them? So one thing that I've noticed recently that I had to do a lot of practice with is I think we forget that when we think about our own stress and how we handle stress in general, and I do consider like losing energy, this is a stressful thing for us to go through, but we don't have to react to everything. And I think a lot of times we react to things that we shouldn't, Yeah, you know? And so that was a big changer for me is like, how do I approach these conversations that I know have been going on for the last 40 years of my life, basically, that they're never going to change. And this is just sort of who the person is. It's sort of like meeting them where they are and not reacting. And I really like to be very aware if these certain topics come up. That way, I just redirect the conversation now. You You know, I just redirect the conversation very politely. There is a case where you may have to have a very difficult conversation. And I have had one of those Mm -hmm. and that took a little bit of scripting. It took a little bit of practice to before the conversation happened. But, you know, if you recognize that somebody is constantly talking to you about the same problems, it's okay to be like, Hey, have you thought about seeking help? Or have you thought about going to see somebody that can help you with this? I'm not that person. Yeah. Yes. And the other thing too, is um, not reacting, like you said, it uh, is being (laughs) silent. Yeah. And, you know, one of the things that attracts me is um, men and women, but particularly women who get to a certain age where they have a grace about, you know, you can just see it in their face. Yes. And it's, it's a type of surrendering. And I don't mean about giving up or giving in or anything like that, just surrendering to themselves. And they have a quietness about them, which is the strength of them. And then they have this grace. And and I thought to myself, why? Why do we have to wait to learn all these (laughs) skills at the end of our life, when we need to be taught those skills now, like you're just talking about, those are the important skills to have. Don't you agree? Oh my gosh. It's so interesting that you just said that because I was just thinking the other day, is it too soon for me to be talking to high school seniors? Not at all. You know, I mean, yes, I think we need to have these skills far earlier. And and women in particular need to find out who they are in this given moment and just be so grateful for their authentic selves instead of moving into these conformities of what other people want and expect from us. Oh, 
I wish we could do it earlier. <laughs> I know. Uh, because I think that if we did it earlier, we would find uh, that peace that we are searching for. Because, I mean, we are searching for happiness, but happiness, okay, get in a plane, go to, you know, an island and for a couple of weeks and come home. And so you're happy when you're there and everything, you come home, you go, oh, you know. And so, but if you just found that, um, that it's almost like... Um, just finding that part of you where you're okay every single day and you love life, you love yourself, yeah. you love where you are right now, and that you don't need to be at a destination to have that happiness. It's right here where you are sitting, right? Yes. And actually, I really love that you used the word surrender before. Because I do feel like it does take an amount of surrender to not cave in what society asks from us, to not follow our friends, to not be pressured by Instagram and all these social media channels. Oh, yes. I mean, it takes a lot of surrender and it's sort of, you know, you're putting all, um, all of it on yourself. It's like you've, you're taking control back. And I think there's something extremely liberating about that thought that you can be 100% unapologetically you. And just if this person doesn't want to follow suit, they weren't suited for your life. You move on. Ah, they weren't suited for your life. Yes. Isn't yeah. that is just wonderful advice. Uh, let the audience know again where they may be able to find your book. The path but, to break free from burnout. Yes. Yeah. To from burnout. Now you don't have to have been an athlete uh, to have burnout. It's any type of burnout. I oh, mean, yes. this burned out from being a mom, you know, mm -hmm. sometimes you can burn out from being a mom. And so I think that, you know, I mean, you know, it's really interesting talking to you about, you know, your athletic career and, um, you know, those types of things that happened along the way and how you learned from that. And now you're teaching others, but I think that it doesn't matter what you do in life. There's burnouts. Um, when you give so much to other people, I really encourage you to um, buy this book that Amy has written. And Amy, you have won an award for this book. Uh, let our listeners know about the award that you've won. Um, yeah, I won the Plume Literary Award. So it's just exceptional literature. And um, for this particular book, it was um, being able to translate actual actionable tactics that people can use to transform their lives. And so this is, you know, like some self-help books out there, they're great, but it's super hard to say, where do I start? I yes. have outlined it in sort of a journey for any reader and they can go pay, they can go chapter by chapter and work. It's also got a QR code that has downloadable resources that go with the book. So it's nice because it's almost like you have a life coach with you while you're trying to kind of do the work that I did when I was struggling myself from burnout. Awesome. Amy, before we uh, close out the show, I'd like to ask you, what extraordinary discovery have you found in your life? I think the most extraordinary discovery is that there truly can be work-life balance and harmonization. And I know that a lot of times we hear that it's not possible, but it truly is. We can work 
we can live and we can be fulfilled in both. And yeah, they're always going to be slightly off, but we can always find balance. And that's been a huge discovery for me. It's okay to slow down and, and focus on these, these things and you're able to find balance. It's there and it's possible. Mm-hmm. I love that you said we're able to slow down because lots of times we don't have that as part of our day. Slow down, even yes. slow down your speech, right? Yes. We'll slow down everything. Do you feel that you've been called to your journey? I 1000% feel like I've been called to my journey. You know, it's interesting. I think the way that we take challenges in our lives and we spin them for purpose. Um, I am struggle every day with the hearing loss and I struggle with some the health issues from my burnout. I'm so grateful for them also, because now I get to be a teacher and now I get to help other people not experience this rock bottom. And so single-handedly, I feel like one human at a time, I'm going to be able to help them break free or not even get totally burnt out. So this is totally totally my pet, my calling for sure. Beautiful. What a treat you have been. You're, you know, you're, you are so dynamic. I love talking to you. I could talk to you for quite some time. (laughs) You've got so many good ideas. Um, and so, and I love your book and I really encourage people to, um, to purchase it. And, uh, especially if they feel that they're having some of the symptoms that you've described on the show. So thank you very much, Amy. It's been yeah. such a pleasure to have you on the show. Oh, thanks, Rhonda. Theme song for the Rhonda Grant show is Sun on the Water, composed and performed by my friend, John Park Wheeler. This is Rhonda Grant with the Rhonda Grant Show, author of Magical Forces Within, Extraordinary Discoveries in an Ordinary Life, inviting you to look for the magical forces within yourself today and every day. Thanks for tuning in to the Rhonda Grant Show with your host, Rhonda Grant. If you would like to find out more information about Rhonda and her upcoming guests and the work that she does, go to her website, rondagrantauthor.com. That's rondagrantauthor.com. Digital Audio Health by Cymatrax.